me, you know, we get making that confession up there that, you know, talking about bills paid off and bills decreased. And, and since we started saying it, we've, we've experienced that exponentially. Yeah. Bills being paid off, bills being decreased. So, you know, um, <laughs> kind of ties in with what I'm talking about today, but how you respond to the move of the Spirit will depend on how he will 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 determine how he responds to you. How you respond to the things of the kingdom and the things of the of God will determine how he responds to you. If, if there's if there's no if you don't give a response or you don't you don't determine that you're going to respond and do accordingly and act accordingly. It's going to limit how God moves in your life. And that's going to be basically because of you. He's waiting on you. You know, a lot of people think, well, we're just waiting on God. No, no, God's not waiting on, you're not waiting on God. Most of the time, he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to say something because faith has a voice. All right? Faith also is action. It's not just sitting around there. And doing things, but faith has a voice. Faith has actually how you respond to the preaching of the word, to the to the the time, the fellowship that you have with the Father will determine how He responds to you and how things will change in your life. You want things changed right now? Well, see, why, things are going to be changed right now based on how you've responded over the previous days, weeks, even years. So. You change how you respond, and you'll see you'll see things moving in your life. You'll see God moving in your life. Amen. If you would open your Bible, let's go back to. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about His presence some more, and let's kind of go back to one of our founding scriptures that we that we've seen here in Romans chapter twelve. Romans chapter twelve. And uh, look at verse 3 here. It says, For I say that through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more higher than he ought to think. Because you know what? If you think of yourself more than highly than you ought to think, it'll stop you from doing operating in, the, in, in responding to the things of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. That's why a lot of times people don't respond because they think more highly of, oh, well, I don't need to do that. That's kind of silly. Okay, you'll find out how silly it is because you didn't respond. This, see, that's a wrong response. And, you know, you can just imagine that in a, in, a, in a personal relationship between a husband and a wife, a lot of times the reason why there's problems there is based on one or, one or the other how they respond. See, you can say things that are right, but it's the way you responded to him that will determine whether you have fellowship. You got relationship, but there's a difference between relationship and fellowship. There is a huge difference. You you know you can have you can you can be married to someone for you know years and years and years, but you never really have true fellowship. Why? Because it's all based on how you respond. The father's the same way. It's no different. How you respond to the things of God will determine what he's going to do, how he's going to move on your behalf. If there's little to no response, 
Or you just don't make a big deal about, about the things of God? Well, why would you expect him to make a big deal? Because he said he watches over his word to perform it. But see, if, we're not, if, if we don't give any honor to his word, to the things of the kingdom, um, how can we really expect for him to really move on that, on that situation? It's based on our response. But it says here, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man to think more highly than he does of himself, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Or I might say it this way, according to the portion of faith. Now, all of us got the same portion. We didn't get, one person didn't get more than the other. You know, God didn't give Oral Roberts a greater portion than he gave me, or you. All right? He didn't give Brother Hagin or Brother Copeland more, more, a, more, a greater portion of faith than he gave any of us. We've all been given the same portion or the measure of faith. It's what you do with that measure, all right, will determine what God does through you. If you take that portion and you, you work on your relationship with the Father, that is say in, in Romans that faith comes by what? Hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So the, the more time you spend hearing the Word of God, getting yourself into the house of God, Hearing it over and over and over, faith's going to come so that what? The portion of faith that you were given is going to expand and you're going to change how you see things so that, kind of like what we talked in the offering, God opens the windows of heaven, pours out such a, a blessing, there's not room enough to, to hold it, so faith's going to have to grow. That's how you receive that. Your faith has to grow so that what? There's so much blessing coming your way. He's increasing. There's more for you to have than just what you got. It's being offered to you if you're interested. If you're interested. If you're not interested, then, you know, it's it offered, but you're not going to receive it. See, a lot of times, Christians, we, we, we look at things spiritual issues, and we have a kind of a predetermination in our minds of how things are going to be. Because based on what? Because based on what we were taught, based on what somebody else said, based on the people that were around, and what they are, what they are, there's situations that limit your faith. But faith is only increased by hearing the word of God over and over again. Whether it's spoken to you through the preached word or you in times of fellowship with the Father, fellowshipping with Him, and He speaks to you and gives you a word. When He gives you that word, now faith has come. Now you can take it, and you can do something with it. All right? But see, tomorrow, you've got to do it all over again. Because faith doesn't come by the word that you heard. It comes by hearing Meaning it's an ongoing process every day. But he gave all of us the same portion of faith. The same one. I'll go to Romans chapter 1. We looked at this last week, but it's worth looking at again. Romans chapter 1. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you know, in Romans 1, let's look at verse 17. Paul says this, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. 
as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Therein is the righteousness of God. What's the righteousness of God? The right things of God. The right things of God is revealed to you through faith. All right? It's revealed to you from faith to faith, meaning faith is expected to grow. To do what? To hold the revelation of the, of the right things of God. Because you can't hold the right things of God with the faith that you got born again with. I mean, you could barely, probably, it, 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 the truth be told, you, could, you, know, you had just enough faith to get, to get into the kingdom. You didn't have enough faith to walk and do everything that God has designed for you to do. You're going to have to grow in that faith. You're going to have to get into the Word and say, okay, Lord, I want to receive from you. I want to listen to you. How you, how you receive from heaven will determine how, what heaven does in your life. If you don't receive from heaven how you respond to heaven, you're, you're, you're not going to have an increase. You're not going to have true fellowship. you just got a relationship. Many Christians have a, have, have a relationship with, with heaven, but they don't have true fellowship. There's a big difference. There's a huge difference. The relationship that they identify with, well, I'm a Christian because I gave my life to Jesus. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're related by, by blood, but do you have fellowship? Because fellowship means there's intimacy. And fellowship, true fellowship, knows how to respond. It knows how to respond. Think about when the Father tells you something or says something to you, are you open to it? I don't know. I mean, that's between you and, and, and the Father. I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody. And I'm just asking, are you open to it? Because a lot of Christians, they're not even open to it. They're, not, they're, they're like, their attitude is, Father, you don't tell me something I'm doing wrong because I'm not doing this wrong. See, you, your fellowship just stops right there. It's not going anywhere because why? Your response to heaven is not the right one. It's not a response that, that, says, that, that gives the Father permission to go ahead and speak more into you because he knows that all this other stuff's not going to work until we get this thing ironed out, straightened out. So if, if, you're not, you're, if you're not willing to let the Father tell you problems that you have, God's not going to tell you problems that other people have. And here's the reason why. If he tells you the problems other people have, where's your focus going to be on them? Your situation changes by letting the Father change you. Your situation will change by letting the Father change you. Because it, it, all of a sudden what will happen is through that fellowship, you start to see things as he sees them. A lot of times I'll ask the Lord, I'll say, Father, let me see this situation through your eyes. I can take my jacket off a little bit. I know it may be chilly in here for you, but it's getting the anointing as it gets strong. I get hot. And that's because of the anointing. But 
the Father was speaking to you, and you're responding to him. So a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll say, Lord, let me see this situation as you see it. What am I saying? I under, I'm saying, Father, I understand that the way I see it is very limited. Because I can only see it through my eyes. Let me see it through your eyes. Because you're seeing everything. You're seeing what's going on behind the scenes. You're seeing what's going on over here, what's having an, an effect over there. And over there. And I, I need your counsel to be able to see that. You think God's willing to, to share with me then? Sure he is. Because I'm taking myself out of the picture. I'm saying, Lord, I need your help. Let me see this situation how you see it so that I can better understand. So that what? What does that do? That creates compassion. You remember when Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, was beheaded. And then you go back and read that. John the Baptist was beheaded. And uh, they, come and tell, they come and tell Jesus that John the Baptist had been beheaded. Now the natural, the natural effect of that would be to get angry. And want to get strike back at those people that, that killed your cousin. That would be the flesh. But what's, what's the, the Bible say about those that live in the flesh? They'll, they'll experience death. But those that walk in the Spirit, eternal life. And it said that when they told Jesus John the Baptist had been beheaded, he had a very unique reaction in that to the natural. It says he was moved with compassion. And he went out to the people. And he started ministering to people. Healing people. Laying his hands on people, teaching, and speaking to the people. Rather than striking back through in a fleshly way to the enemy, he went and circumvented what the enemy was trying to do, and he started ministering healing. So the devil thought he would, he would stop Jesus' ministry for even a day or two. Oh no, all he did was increase it. That's why you want compassion to rise up in you. Because when compassion rises up in you, God is able to use you. He's not able to use you when, you, when you're in anger. He's not. He can't. Because anger's not of him. There's a, there's a godly, uh, the wrath of God, but it's not, it's not based on, on, on the flesh. It's based on judgment. And he's the judge. And we're not called, we're not called to judge any, anybody. But, you know, we respond through, when, when we respond through compassion, then the Lord's able to use us to minister to people. So how you respond to heaven and, and to things going on around you determines how God's going to speak to you and how God's going to use you and move through you. So it says... The goodness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. We live by faith. We don't live based on what the world says. Now, you, 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 
you have to pay attention to that stuff because it, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. But what the world says about the economy, that's not what I'm paying attention to because the world's not my supply. What the doctors say about my health, all right, they're not my physician. They're just practicing. The Word of God has already determined everything. But it's how I respond to the Word concerning those areas, financial, health, any, 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 anything else. Emotional. See, the, there's a flow of heaven that you have to get in. And it's a daily flow. And you stay in that flow. When you get into heaven's flow, which is responding, knowing how to respond to heaven speaking to you, see, you stay in such a flow that no matter what storm comes up in your life, you don't have to make an adjustment. You're already in the flow. See, if you're in heaven's flow, when, when a financial situation comes up, it's no big deal because you're already in the flow of heaven. You've been, you've been listening to the Father. The Father's been speaking to you. And, he's, you know, and when you're in the flow, the Father's already spoken to you about things that will happen in the future. So that what? You can prepare and get, get around them or over them, not just through them. If you're listening, if you're listening, but see, a lot of times what will happen is we mess up because we're not listening. Now, um, let's go back just briefly back into Exodus 33. Remember we talked about that last week about uh, Moses in, uh, in going out into the promised land. And it said, remember, it said in, in, Mo, in, in Exodus 33 that God spoke to Moses face to face as a friend. He spoke to him face to face. <clears throat> in other words, they had fellowship. And God told Moses, he said, <clears throat> I'm going to send my angel to take you all into the promise, in, in, into this land. And see, when you first hear that, you think, well, that's a good thing. God's sending his name. But the Lord, just, the Lord told me, he said, I'm not going to go with you because you've rejected what I've been saying. You're stiff, they're stiff-necked people. And then Moses has this conversation with the Lord and he reminds the Lord, he said, Lord, you said I found favor in your sight. You said that we're friends. And if we go into that land without you, we're not going to be any different than any other religious group. We'll be just like them. They're going into a territory and, 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 their, their, and their God's not with them. What, what will be the difference between us and them? He said, if you, you say, I found favor, if, if I found favor in your sight, see, we're having a conversation face to face. He said, go with us. Because if, if, if you're not going to go with me, if you're not going to go with us, I, I, I don't want to go. And the Lord said, 
Okay, I'll go. So Moses is, you know, he's, you picture this, he's excited because now God's going to go with him. He's saying, it's pretty neat how this is working. He said, let me, let, let's try this. And he says to the Lord, he says, or the Lord, he says to the Lord, he said, um, Lord, show me your glory. I want to see all of you. Show me your glory. And, uh, and the Lord says here, let's pick it up here in uh, verse 19. It says, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Now, how many of you know God's glory is his goodness? God's glory is his goodness. It was the same thing. And God was saying, he was saying, I'm going to allow my goodness to go before you. Which God was telling Moses, you're going to see me. You can't see my face because no man can see my face and live. It's too powerful. But we see that situation taking place and how, how Moses deals with it. And how Moses is seeing, you know, I, I, I want to see you. You know, and that, in essence, is really the story of all of us as believers. We want to see God. We want to see His face. We want to see Him. You know, you, 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 often you'll hear Christians talk about, I wonder what Jesus actually looked like. I believe the reason why we don't have a picture of Jesus is because all we would do is just worship that picture. Yeah. But, you know, every believer has this desire to see the Father's face. And that's what, and that's what Moses was saying. Let me see your face. Let me see your glory. And the Father said... I'm going to let all my goodness pass before you. Well, the goodness is his glory. It is his glory. That's what the goodness is. It's his glory. And it he, he said, I'm going to cause it to pass all through, throughout you. Now go to John chapter um, 14, I believe it is. Yeah, John 14. And we're, we're going to see a story here of a similar request. Jesus is with the disciples. In John chapter 14, verse 8, Philip says unto him, Lord, show us the Father. Now I won't paraphrase some of this. Jesus looks at his disciples, he looks at Philip and he says, been with me three and a half years. Three and a half years you've all been with me. And, and, and I've told you what I say, I can't say it unless the Father tells me. 
And you know that I can't do anything except I see the Father do it. For three years, three and a half years, you've been with me. And I'm telling you, if you see me, you've seen the Father. See, and Philip's thinking in his head, no, we ask to see, we, we see you, we want to see the Father. He said, Philip, I'm telling you, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because I can't do anything by myself. Think about that. Think about what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, I am the Son of God, yet I can do nothing by myself except I hear from the Father or I see the Father. So what did he have to do? He had to spend time in prayer. He had to fellowship with the Father, having intimate relations, the Father speaking to him, showing him things to come. And Jesus said that when he left, he would leave the Comforter who would lead you and guide you into all truth and show you things to come. So what Jesus was saying I am going to give you all the equipment you will need to have that relationship with the Father. And He will show you things to come. But if you don't respond to Him, if you don't take time out and seek His face, I mentioned it earlier, James said, draw nigh unto God and He will draw nigh unto you. It's in 1 Chronicles, I think, chapter 16, verse 11. It says, Seek the face of the Lord continually. Why does it say, Seek the face of the Lord continually? Because it's out of that fellowship, it's out of that relationship, all the issues in your life is going to be dealt with. All the things that make you mad. You know why there's things in your life that make you mad? Because you don't fellowship with the Father. Yeah. The reason why things make you mad is because you're telling on yourself you're not fellowshipping with the Father. Your faith is small. So when you go to speak to a mountain, instead of having mountain move in faith, you got something that won't move the mountain. Because you don't respond to the Father. And the and because the Father's going to tell you how to handle every situation. He's going to tell you and me before this situation comes up. Get in this flow. Stay in this flow. Because that's what he's going to do. He's going to keep you in the, he's going to keep you and me in the flow of heaven so that when things come up, guess what? We don't have to fight to get into the flow. We're already in the flow of heaven. All we have to do is speak to the mountain, tell it to be moved, not doubt my heart, it'll listen to what you say because you're already in the flow. But see, if I'm outside of the flow, if the flow's over here and I'm over here, I can speak to that mountain all I want. It ain't going to move. Why? I'm not in the flow of heaven. I've got to first get over there. But you know what? How do I get over here if I don't even think there is a here? 
if I, if I don't even think there's a flow of heaven, and I'm over there and I'm speaking to the mountain, I'm doing what the Bible says, speak to it. Oh, I, I, Jesus, I believe in my heart. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. We're going to look at a scripture here in just a second now. It's going to change how you look at things. Hold your place there. And let's look at this scripture first. 1 Corinthians 14. First Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. But the key here is follow after love because love is everything. Now abides faith, hope, and love. But what's the greatest? Love. We found that in, if you, you were in verse 1 in chapter 14, look up in verse 13 of the previous one. Now abides faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of them. See, until you perfect your love walk, there's not a lot going to change in your life. But you, but you start working on your love walk, say, Lord, I'm going to work on my love walk with you. I, I, I'm going to learn to walk in love with not only myself, but with everybody around me. Guess what's going to happen? The windows of heaven are opening up in your life. Great change is coming, and you're going to see it. You're going to see it. It'll manifest. But now, now go here to First um, Corinthians chapter twelve, and look at verse seven. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. What does it say there? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to bring profit to all. What's the manifest? What's it talking about when it says manifestation? It means to be openly displayed, not something that's in your head, but something that's openly displayed to bring profit or increase to everyone around you. See, God wants to manifest in your life, not just for you. It's not all about you. But see, as Christians, many Christians have this mentality that my relationship with the Father is personal. It's, it's not about anybody else. No, it's, you're thinking wrong. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to bring increase to everyone. God wants you to allow Him to manifest Himself through you to bring increase to everyone. Because when God can manifest through you, it attracts people. And here Christians are fighting the Spirit of God. Oh no, I'm not going to do that. I won't do this. I won't do that. I don't think I need to go to church. I don't think I need to listen to the Word. I don't think I need to pay my tithe. I don't think I need to do this. I don't... 
No manifestation. You're not a yielded vessel. Paul said it this way, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, he said, in the earth there's many vessels. Some to honor, some not. He used the word houses, but in, in, in life there's many vessels. There's, there's vessels that you honor. Right? You got a drinking cup at home? You honor that vessel, don't you? You clean it. You wash it. You make sure that the next time you go to use it, or somebody else goes to you, it's clean. You honor that vessel. You take care of it. Now, Mary can relate to this. We can't because we don't have these vessels anymore, but back, back in the day, they had a vessel called a bedpan. At night, when you were sleeping and you had to go to the bathroom... They didn't have indoor plumbing. They had to go outside, right, Mary? Had to go to the bathroom outside. So they, they got what's called a bedpan. And they did their business in that bedpan. And then in the morning, they go out and dump the bedpan out, outside in the bathroom. Those vessels weren't honored. <laughs> Those weren't things you set out for people to see when, hey, Neighbors coming over. You want to see our bedpans? No, you know you didn't even talk about that, right? But when they came over, you showed them your china, right? You showed them the, the nice stuff that you had. Those were things you honored. See, things that you honor, <laughs> all right, are displayed, and that's what God's saying through the Spirit. Now go back to John fourteen again there. And let's look at this. Jesus says this. Verse 21. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him. And I will what? What's he say? And I will what? Manifest myself to him. I will manifest myself to him. What's he saying there? If you love me, you keep my commandments. He it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Yet we got believers saying, well, in churches, we want Jesus to manifest. We want the power of God to show up in our services. And we love God. Well, what did Jesus say? He that has my commandments and keeps them, it's he that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. So if 
if the Father, if Jesus is not manifesting in your presence to be displayed to the world? Whose fault is it? Let me, let me say it a different way than what the, what the Father told me. Because see, we, this is about owning responsibility. This is about taking responsibility for ourselves as Christians. You can't compare yourself to somebody else. That's dangerous. Extremely dangerous. It'd be like me saying, well, our church is just a few people, so we're not really a church. And there's a church over here that has, you know, 500 people. That is extremely dangerous. Why? Because the church is 500 people, and I'm not saying which one, I'm just saying there's just some church. They never get a manifestation. Yet here we are with a small group of people and we get manifestations of the Spirit. Which one's the church? Do you go by size? Or do you go by manifestation? Because Jesus said, if you love me and keep my commandments, my Father in heaven will love you and I'll love you. And I'll man I will manifest myself to you. If Jesus isn't manifesting in your life, it's not because he lied. It's because you don't love him. You're not keeping his commandments. And here's what the Father told me concerning this. He said, <laughs> when he said this, I was like, gosh. Why did I think of that? He said, an example of this is your relationships. Think of all the relationships you've had over your life. Women with men and men with women. You've had people in your life that told you that they loved you. Right? You've had people in your life that told you that they loved you. And that they always love you. And then one day, they boom, they're gone. Did they really love you? No, you could say, well, no, they didn't love me. Because when trouble came, they left. When something came, they left. This is what Jesus is saying here. If you really love me, you'll keep my words. You'll put my words above everything else in your life. See, for, for, for the unspiritual, it's hard to see this because you're like, well, I, I go to church. Okay. I got a Bible. Okay, but do you live it? Do you have a relationship with the Father? Do you ask the Father about things that you're, that's going on in your life? Or do you just go through life, well, I'm just doing this and doing that because, well, that's, you know, I don't see anything wrong with it. Well, that, that's because you don't see anything wrong. Maybe the Father does. But he said, if you keep my commandments and keep them. You, if you, you have your, his commandments and you keep them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved. So here's what we, here's what we get when we look at that scripture. It says, 
love, 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 love. And I will manifest myself to him. So what's the greatest? Love. Love is the greatest. I'm not talking about phileo love. I'm talking about agape love. And when you read 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, love is long-suffering, is patient, is kind. So when you're manifesting godly love, you're kind all the time. You're patient all the time. The reason why when God told Moses, he said, I'll let all my goodness pass before you. And then in Romans it says, don't you know that the goodness of God leads people to repentance? And we get over in the flesh and we try to get people to change because we get mad at them. We try to belittle them. We try to make fun of them because they don't see what we see. And what did Paul say about those that live in the flesh? Da-da. It's death. It's death. But those that walk in the Spirit, eternal life. What's, well, what's walking in, in, in eternal life? It's walking in love. It's walking in love. One last scripture here. Go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Did you get something today? Praise God. The Lord's good. The Lord is good. Amen. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, it says, And we the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Now that's not contradicting that the Spirit of God is inside you. It's talking about living. God's living in you. He's living. He, he's not only living in you, He's living through you. That's really what this is, is a description of. Is God living through you? If, you know, if we have known Him, believe the love that God has toward us, God is love, and He that dwells in love, we live in love. If we live in love, God lives in us. Verse 17, Herein is our love made perfect or mature, is a better way to say that, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no love, there is no fear, verse 18, in love. But mature love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made mature in love. We love him because he first loved us. Think about that. We dwell in love. He dwells in us. Fear tries to get on us. What, what happens to it? It just falls away because fear has torment. But we're walk, See, we're walking, at a higher, we're walking in a higher law the law of the Spirit, which is love. And it supersedes the law of fear. When you walk in 
the spirit of love. You're operating at a higher, higher level. And fear, fear can't get on you. And what's also with fear? Lack, sickness, doubt, unbelief, excuses. They, won't, they, they, they can't stay on you because what? They bring torment. Well, maybe it's God's will for me to be broke. No, it's not. Every time I get a job, it just seems that something explodes and, and I wind up losing it. That's not God. And if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll start walking in love and learn to walk in love and respond to love, and see, this is, where, this is how you respond to it. You take this message and go, i got to work on my love walk. I don't care who you are. Ain't none of us perfect. There is only one. So all of us have to work on our love walk. All of us have to work on our love walk. We can't sit here and say, well, I'm doing really good. On You've got a problem, you don't even know it. As he is in this world, so are we. How is the Father in this world? He's healing, he's delivering, he's prospering. That's what he's doing. So are we. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this word. Glory to God. Thank you for that revelation. See, you walk in love. How you respond to heaven determines how heaven will move in your life. His presence in your life changes everything. Changes everything. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. How you respond to heaven determines everything in your life. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for the Facebook people. I call them the blessed. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you. Glory to God. I'm speaking to both of you. Take this word today. Go back and listen to it again and again. Get it, let it get inside you. Because through that process, it's going to bring changes, good changes in your lives. You believe that? Yeah. You believe that, Crystal? Yeah. Because you got something today. Don't let it slip. Don't let it slip. Don't let it slip. Well, that we all do. We all do. Don't get in condemnation. Don't, don't get in condemnation over this stuff now, because it says in, in Christ Jesus there's no condemnation. So God, you don't condemn yourself. You, you, right, right. But learn to take to take this, and don't let it slip. And say, you know, I'm going to respond to heaven. I'm going to respond out of love. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Glory to God, and you'll see great change.
Hallelujah. Mary, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for healing her body and giving her strength in the name of Jesus. Thank you. I call these ears to open up and hear in the name of Jesus. Hear clearly in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The hearing is not going to fail. It's not getting worse. It's getting better. From this day forward, it's increasing. You'll hear more tomorrow than you heard today. You'll hear more the day after that than you heard today. Each day, it will get better. Do you believe that? I believe it. In the name of Jesus, it will be according to your faith. In Jesus' name. Yes. You take authority over these things. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Sister, you're getting better. Your body's coming into alignment now with the Word of God in the name of Jesus. Satan, take your hands off her mind. God's healed her body. You loosen her mind. She has the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. Glory to God. You believe that? Yes. Amen. 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 Glory to God. You're getting better. Crystal, you're getting better. You're getting healthier. Every day you're getting healthier. Every day. You're getting, I want you to get up in the morning... Look at yourself in the mirror and say, today I'm, getting, I'm, I'm healthier than I was yesterday. Don't base it on how you feel. Don't base it on how you feel. You'll have what you say. Look at yourself in the mirror. When you get up in the morning, go in the bathroom, look at yourself in the mirror and say, today I'm healthier today than I was yesterday. Now, in the beginning, you may not fully believe it. You may a little bit. The more you say it to yourself, there's going to be a day that you'll have the fullness of it and it'll blast all this stuff away from you. And it'll be a testimony. It'll be a testimony. And you'll stand before others and you'll, you'll tell them what God did in your life because you took a stand. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Well, Father, we thank you. Let's make this profession. Father in heaven, I thank you for your presence. You go with me. You're in me. And I hear your voice. And I respond to your voice. And your voice alone will I listen to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I call them head and not the tail. Everything they put their hands to prospers in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.